Blog Talk Radio. of question we'll talk about in this show. Your hosts, Leslie and Tracy, will share their experiences, but also want to learn from your insights, your questions, and your suggestions. So, don't just listen in. Call us with your comments. Good morning, and welcome to Say Yes to Spirit encouraging you on your spiritual path. Uh, I am Tracy. And I am Leslie. And we are so delighted to hang out with you again. This is show number 23. Wow. Yeah, it's gone really, really fast. And today our theme is courage. Does your spiritual, do your spiritual practices and does your spiritual belief system give you courage? Does it take courage to follow your spiritual path? Those are mm. some of the things that we'll be talking about today as we talk about courage. Um, but let's uh, make the connection from last week, which was prayer. Rewind a bit. And you said something at the end of last week, Tracy, about um, connecting the dots to something. Do I you did. Do you remember what that was? Yeah, because I, as we were doing the show, I was thinking about I had a little kind of note on the side to talk about prayer boxes, mm. and we got so involved in the conversation, I didn't look at my notes on the side, and it was like, oh, yeah, prayer boxes. Um, and as a spiritual practice, to use a prayer box, which really can be any container that you then designate as a place to, like, write a prayer mm. or an intention or an mm. affirmation and put it in the box and close the box, and know that that is working. It's like right. when we do a prayer or a mind treatment and we say, and so it is, it's like it is It is working. The universe is reconfiguring every molecule to make that happen. Uh, and you don't have to keep saying it over and over mm-hmm. by writing it and then putting it in this sacred space. You then have it working, but you also have something that's tangible. Um, and for me, it is a good link to, to talk about how we do that, but then I know, I can think of a couple of examples where by doing that, for me, it gave me courage mm. to keep going on, knowing that whatever this crisis was or whatever this situation was, it was being attended to. It was, you know, being being handled, mm-hmm. it was being healed, mm-hmm. um, and I, I want, I'm one of the most powerful examples for me was uh, at the end of a nine-year relationship, mm-hmm. and I wanted to let that relationship go and keep the love from it, you know, and honor the love that was there, and I didn't want to be torn up about it. I was torn up about it, but I didn't want to be, you know, I didn't want to be living that and always, you know, always living in that energy. And so I don't remember what the exact prayer was, but it was a prayer for, you know, peace for the both of us and, you know, smooth transition to the next, you know, good things, all the next good things in your life. But And it wasn't a long prayer. It was like two sentences. And then I folded that up and put it in a little um, prayer and faith box that I I use sometimes. And lo and behold, you know, six or seven months later, not even remembering anymore what prayer was currently active in the prayer box, Mm. I pulled it out and went, oh, yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah, that prayer was working. Mm Mm-hmm. Because he, at that point, six or seven months later, you know, there was so much healing um, related to that. So so that's what, prayer, prayer boxes, 
um, and leading us into some things today about how our spiritual practices give us courage. Yeah, I love that. And I, I had a sponsor one time, an Alan on early on, give the example that if I put something in my God box, in 12 steps, we call them God boxes, you know, we have our own language. And uh, if I put it in there and then I start thinking about it again, that I'm taking it away from God, I'm taking it away from the universe. The universe kind of has to stop working on it, and my little limited power is working on it. And then when I let it go again, it's like the whole universe has the opportunity to work on it. So by bringing it back and worrying or fretting or trying to work on it, I'm actually delaying my, uh, delaying the universe's uh, ability to work on it. Right. So and I, that and when I we were think talking. when you were talking about that kind of near the end of the call, that's what triggered me mm. that, oh, yeah, I wanted to say something about prayer boxes. Uh, but it, it it all works perfectly because it is a great way to begin to think about what gives me courage, what what kinds of things in my spiritual practices mm-hmm. really give me the courage to get through something that's difficult or challenging, which we'll talk about more today. So you had the question about, or you had you gave yourself the assignment mm-hmm. to ponder to consider whether or not you needed to or wanted to to pay more attention to your prayer life distinct from your meditation practice. Yes, I did. I did and um and I still want to do that. I, I did think and I I asked everybody, I know that's how I kinda get my wisdom is through others and so I had the definitive answer. you know, everyone seems to be in agreement. Prayer is different than meditation. And so, and the prayer, you know, is a more um, interactive, energetically uh, looking at, you know, not necessarily speaking, but, you know, having some sort of exchange of some sort. Um, And meditation is more of a silent, receptive kind of place. And so that does seem to be the definitive answer. And and I um, then came up with over the week, I remember when I was on my knees, I remember I talked about that last week, Mm -hmm. you know, now I have another question of is prayer, how is prayer different than worship? See, so we don't, I don't even think worship is on our list of things to talk about, but but having a worshipful prayer or, you know, and I don't have necessarily a God that needs me to worship God, but I think there's some purpose in my life. I know there's some something I get when I feel like I'm in a, a hallowed space or a worshipful area. Oh, yeah. It's like the funeral is not for the person who has died. The funeral is for the people who are left behind Mm -hmm. to feel some connection and to feel some healing and peace. Worship is not for for God. Mm -hmm. Worship is for the living human being to, to feel good about what he or she believes and excited, you know, feel good about it and excited about it. So, yeah, it's yeah. not for God. So it's interesting, though. So that was my next uh, level of questioning was prayer and worship and how does that, because I think my prayers, as I was looking at or recognizing, listening to myself prayer, they were more of a worshipful prayer. And then I thought, well, I wonder what that's about. Well, you know, I'm getting something out of that worship. So that doesn't really have anything to do with courage, but we can just, that was my, uh, my uh, sort of, thought for the week as I was looking at how I pray and, and, and trying to be more aware of my prayer moments. Well, that's um, a good a good connect, to connect the dots, actually longer than we usually spend on connecting the dots from the previous week. Um, but yeah, let's take a little break and then come back and uh, in a minute and really talk about courage and spirituality.
Welcome back to Say Yes to Spirit with Tracy and Leslie. And today we're talking about courage. <laughs> and she looks at me like I'm supposed to say something now. So courage. You know, I like the uh, the question you posed. Does our, do our, do does our daily practice give us courage? And I say the answer is capital Y E S. Yes, capital Y, capital E, capital S. Why do you say that? Um, because I think without my daily practice, I am much more in fear and much more in reaction mode, much more in defense mode, much more in victim mode, um, which are all the things that um, don't serve me. And if I have my daily practice, it's almost like um, putting a little, you know, I know I've talked about this before, you know, emotional, putting emotional and spiritual money in the bank so that when something difficult on the outside happens, I have a, a, you know, a lot of money to withdraw to be able to handle this external circumstance that would cause panic or anxiety. And I think to a lot of people externally that would look like courage. Oh, my goodness, this terrible thing happened and this person has all this courage or all this faith or all this whatever, and it's and it's not like it just is. It It, it is because of this daily practice and because of putting this mo- money in the spiritual bank. And then I have the courage to mm-hmm. to go forward in this circumstance. It's frightening. Yeah, yeah, I, that makes sense to me because um, I can think of lots of times when people have said, "You're so brave," or "You have so much courage," right. or, you know, I don't know how you're getting through this, and 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 it felt really weird to me that they were they were seeing my actions as courageous mm-hmm. when I was just walking, you know, on the crutches of of faith or Mm -hmm. the crutches of, you know, well, I meditated this morning and all these, you know, years of meditating is what's giving me the grounding. Mm -hmm. Or when my, um, well, both of my brothers died in 2007. But when the first one died and there were a lot of people who, you know, we're using courage as a word or, you know, or, or, oh, you're taking this so well and, you know, this has got to be really hard for you and, and you're so brave to do this or to, to, you know, to do specific things that needed to be done. And it was interesting for me because I didn't see it from a place of bravery or courage, you know, and part of that was my spiritual beliefs and my spiritual practices about death being a part of the cycle of life mm-hmm. and that and at the same time there is no birth and there is no death, that his soul and his spirit is not dead, which means my connection to him is not dead. It's his physical body, you know, that he's laying down now. And, you know, and that's okay because we're no less connected. So in that sense, when people thought it was, you know, brave or courageous for me to, you know, be in his house and cleaning out, Mm. you know, his physical property or organizing it, um, you know, there were some sad moments, and I didn't feel disconnected to him in Mm. any way, you know, so it wasn't, it didn't feel brave. Mm -hmm. I think that is true. Um, I, I think about when people say you're brave or courageous when you're going through something, an illness, Hmm. financial problems, a relationship ending, um, the the quote that I haven't been able to find a source for, it's listed as author unknown in several places. You can tell the size of your God by looking at the size of your worry list. Hmm. The longer your list, the smaller your God. Hmm. And I might say the, the smaller your faith or your practice is of relying on God to guide you in your life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But if you have this, if you have this really long worry, things I'm worried about. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. And courage is um, is an interesting word because I tend to think of it in terms of you know, you know, not to be scared of the fire, or, you know, not to be scared of you know the boogeyman, you know. Courageous, but um, in hearing you talk, it's really coming up that it is kind of an inner 
rock of faith that um, allows, you know, not to live in fear but to live in faith and to be, um, uh, you know, projecting or promoting, that's not the word I want, but, you know, expressing um, this sense of of a rock of Gibraltar kind of faith and, and that takes courage. I have a spiritual teacher called Reverend Beatrice and um, I talk about this term I made up. I made up so, you know, I'm taking great ownership in it. But she has what I call 100% real-time faith, like whatever happens. And, and I've watched over the span of about five years some really dramatic things happen to her. And regardless, she's always like, oh, man, this is just setting up the stage for the next best thing. And um, and I see that as being this courageous kind of stance that she expresses. Um, I'm good at kind of looking back and saying, oh, yeah, I knew it would all work out after it works out, you know. <laughs> while, while it's going on, I'm like, there is no way this is working out. But, um, but she has that real-time faith, and I think that that expresses as, Courage, you know. I, 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 I've heard myself think, "Oh my God, she's, she's, had, she has so much courage to say that, or think that, or do that." And, um, and many times I think courage, almost that kind of courage, that faith-based courage, can almost look like naivete. Is that the way you say that word, or you know, Sometimes. kind of a, kind of a rose-colored well, glasses to someone who is whose feet are firmly planted in cement or in. Yeah, in the mm-hmm. in the real world, yeah, mm-hmm. with us like, oh, come on, get real. She should be reacting, or that's not, you right. know, she's a little bit nutty, you know, she should be freaking out right now. So I think um, that's kind of like a um, one of the side effects of showing real courage in a faith-like way is that sometimes society we're just we don't support that with each other. Do you have a definition for courage? Like, um, just needing that before I can go on. Since you normally do that early on, I, I feel <laughs> I feel unable to move forward until you have an official de- definition. Well, I've, only since you're looking at my computer <laughs> screen where I just pulled up the definition, yes, I do have a definition. Awesome. <laughs> As a noun, courage is the quality of mind or spirit mm. that enables a person to face difficulty, danger, pain without fear. Synonyms, fearlessness, dauntlessness, intrepidity, pluck, spirit, bravery, valor, bravado. Read the definition again, though. I like that. The quality of mind or Or spirit spirit. that enables a person to face difficulty, danger, pain, etc., and then um, the second, more of an idiomatic, uh, you know, just kind of conversational definition, it, and, you know, it says, as an idiom, courage is often used as have the courage of one's convictions to act in accordance with one's beliefs, especially in spite of criticism, which mm. is interesting because it's the second question that we have at the top of the show and on the show page. You know, the one side of it, does does your spiritual practice give you courage to face life? But the second question was, does it take courage to follow your spiritual path? Oh, nice. And, that, oh. and that's, you know, having the courage of one's conviction. Mm-hmm. So if you're in an environment where because of your spiritual or religious belief, mm-hmm. you know you should or should not do a certain thing, but everybody else around you seems to be doing that, mm-hmm. you know, or not doing, you know, whatever the opposite is of what you believe is right or moral or spiritually good for you. Mm-hmm. Do you have the conviction? Do you have the courage? Do you need courage to follow your spiritual path? You know, and I think about um, an easy, easy examples that aren't necessarily, you know, dramatic um, I had a long a long time ago now, but I had an employee who reported to me who who is a Jehovah's Witness and does not celebrate birthday. You know, his or anyone else's. 
And, of course, we were in a work environment, and like in many, especially office-based work environments, you know, everybody on the team, if you're a small team, you celebrate their birthdays and you bring, you have a potluck. Put in your dollar or something. Right, and you put in, you know, or you have a potluck lunch. You know, we would have a potluck lunch and gift cards. And we we actually had a policy that you didn't, you know, we didn't do gifts because we didn't want, we want everybody to participate. And we didn't want, you know, people to feel, well, I don't have money to buy this person a gift, or I don't have, I don't know this person well enough to know. But we would all, ex- we would exchange birthday cards. We would give that person birthday cards, and we would do a potluck lunch. And uh, luckily, I guess, when we started doing this, his birthday was many, many, many <laughs> months away, and he um, didn't participate. Or I maybe he was off. Say, what did he something. do on the day you celebrated other people's birthdays? Um, you know, I think, I, and I'm not remembering now. It's been a long, long time. I the, I the first couple of months we did it, it just worked out for some way. And I'm not think. I'm thinking maybe he came to the lunch part, but then excused himself toward the end of the lunch when we started mm. ex- giving the person the birthday cards mm-hmm. and you know mm-hmm. we're going to sing happy birthday and he left. I'm pretty sure that's what happened, like, the first or second month. And one month, you know, he had a meeting or something, and so he wasn't there. Mm -hmm. But by the third month, you know, he actually came and we were talking, and he shared, you know, that's what was going on with him. And I'm like, oh, yeah, so absolutely, you know, that took courage for him, Mm -hmm. coming to his boss Mm -hmm. and saying, this is something the team is doing, and I understand it, but... It doesn't fit with my spiritual beliefs and mm-hmm. the way I practice my faith. And it was there was no problem. I mean, in fact, it was great to know that. And I learned so much during that first year of working with him about what it really means to be Jehovah's Witness and how that plays out and why people who practice that faith do certain things and do them a certain way. Um, so I loved having him on the team, and um, but you know I know it had to take courage. Yes, it took two months of us doing it, you know, and him finding his own way out of it mm-hmm. before he could say I'm going to bring this up, and I hope it doesn't you know harm my credibility here or people accepting me, and it mm-hmm. didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, so that I mean that's an easy example. I wish all the examples were you know as easy as that. Had so you would say the answer to that is yes. Then sometimes it takes courage to stand up. Oh yeah, yeah. I think it does. I mean not always, mm-hmm. but I think there are that that many of us mm-hmm. have situations where we you know all our friends are going to the club. And you know, or to a club and going out, and they're going to go to two clubs or three clubs, and I don't drink. I mean, you know, this isn't my personal example, but I can imagine somebody in that situation mm. being really uncomfortable saying, "I don't drink because of my spiritual beliefs." My, yeah. So, do how do I stand up to this? Do I make alternate suggestions? Do I go? and have fun with my friends and just not drink. Mm-hmm. I mean, what do I do? Or do I have the courage to say to them, I don't think we should be going places like that? You right, know? right. Because there are, I'm trying to think about um, my personal belief system and what what it mandates that I do or don't do that would put me into a socially awkward situation. And probably it's more the idea of, you know, God being uh, expressing through me and that God's not out there. And so um, I can remember when I first started saying that, I would always kind of say it, and then I would say the caveat, now let's wait a minute and see if lightning strikes. Wait, wait, to try to give that other person permission to say that I understood that what I was saying could be heard as blasphemy, could be heard as, you know, really in, in stark contrast to how they believed. And... um and I can remember having a boss, and I always get into really philosophical, spiritual conversations with everybody in slightly inappropriate boundaries, probably, you know, in, in workplaces that I probably shouldn't, but it's just interesting to me. And and she was um, very 
very um her belief system was much more biblically based and um and she really pondered my my beliefs and the way I live my life and she was very clear after a few months and really enjoyed our conversations but she was very clear and said to me without a doubt that I was going to hell because of my beliefs and I remember just being so fascinated by that because it was like really outside of my you know I just thought if I talked long enough or you know she opened her mind wide enough or she had enough thought about it she would come to the natural conclusion that you know there is no hell and no one's going to hell and it just doesn't work that way but Dodo just kind of set and confirmed her beliefs and I was just like wow so I don't know that it took courage for me to do all that because I just naturally do that. But, yeah, I think it took courage on her part to just say, you know, Leslie, you're going to hell. I mean, I would have hoped that that took <laughs> I hope that just wasn't more natural. You know what I'm saying? But I think, it, I think it probably took courage for her to be able to really stay committed to her belief, you know. Yeah, and I think I think the courage shows up when we do what we know is right for us in spite of, without without seeking or expecting approval mm. from other people because we can't really, you know, change someone else's belief and we can't really, um, you know, we can only share our belief and, and we can share that in words or we can share that in the way we live our lives, but we can only share what's important to us and what we believe. And I mean, even though, yeah, there are a lot of um, uh, religions and denominations that have an evangelism, mm-hmm. you know, a responsibility for evangelism to bring others to Christ, to convert others, you know, convert sinners into the saved. But still, that comes from sharing what's important to you mm-hmm. more so than telling someone else they are wrong or they are deficient. And so... The, that courage, I think, for me, when I think about courage and the courage to follow your spiritual path, it's really focused on what do I do, what, you know, what does each person do that might be different from the people they are around. So if I, I and I say if I have friends who are Muslim, and I do, uh, <laughs> you know, and they are committed in their practice to pray five times a day, you know, some of them have the courage to be open about that and to say, excuse me, or, you know, could we schedule lunch a little earlier or a little later because, you know, the way the the, the clock is rotating, the sun is rotating, I, you know, my prayer time is going to fall right, you know, at this time. So if we could schedule our lunch 30 minutes later, that would be helpful. Or if we could schedule dinner 30 minutes earlier, that would be helpful. Um, or in the workplace, you know, mm-hmm. that they will really, you know, plan their schedule so that they can take 10 minutes and wash and pray in a private place. And that takes courage when that's not the norm. Right, especially now, sure. Yeah, in the context of us talking about, you know, courage to act in accordance with one's beliefs in spite of criticism mm-hmm. or potential criticism, Um this weekend at the um, expo, went went to represent the Center for Spiritual Living as a women's expo open to the whole public. And, you know, that was really interesting because, in general, I don't think so much anymore about explaining to people what the Center for Spiritual Living is about, you know, and, and... but I also don't have that conversation come up. But when I'm actually going to represent the center and, you know, you're at an exhibit table and the sign is there and there are all these materials and people have never heard about science, science of, mind of mind right? or religious science and they hear religious science or science of mind and they think it's Scientology, Scientology. and the story about that mm-hmm. or they don't know any, you know, connection or you know somebody might say the christian science monitor and you know i've read that and i think it's a good paper and uh, so you know it's like all of that coming at you it's like do i have the courage i mean it could be seen as do i have the courage to do this well the answer is yes because i signed up to do it but there was one moment Mm. there was one moment where i realized 
Um, it was it was really quite interesting to me. I wasn't at the booth, but I had on the the T-shirt that you know said Center for Spiritual Living Dallas, and we were walking around the exhibit just looking at other exhibitors. And I ran into a woman I worked with 20 years ago, oh. who I had never seen since then. Mm-hmm. Or I don't read, I might have seen her once or twice, right? You know, 18 years ago. I hadn't seen her in forever, but as soon as I saw her, I re- she saw me, we recognized each other, and her name came to me immediately. You know, and that was really cool yeah. because you're like, oh, yeah, I'm seeing you, and, you know, and I'm so excited. And then I had this idea, this thought that flashed through my mind. What if she asks me what Center for Spiritual Living is? Oh, my goodness, because I know what her religious uh-huh. beliefs were 20 years ago. Uh-huh. And for a flash of a second, I was like, oh, please don't ask me. I don't want to have to get into this conversation with you because I know your spiritual beliefs are really very different from mine. And, you know, and it's so funny how in, you know, the snap of a finger you can have 18 thoughts and 18 fears. And, And just that quickly I was like, no, I mean, this is, who I am and this is what I believe and I'm not trying to get her to believe that but if she, you know and if she asks I'll answer the question mm-hmm. and of course she didn't ask because we were too busy like who have you seen and what are you doing now and you know right but like that it would have been wow yes I would have had to have some courage in that moment right in that moment to stand firmly in who I am and what I believe not as a confrontation not as a conversion, but just this is who I am. And I can remember the opposite, doing the opposite of that. I can't give you a specific example, but I can absolutely think of times when I've been in that kind of crossroad with someone where I knew what they thought, and and I would just say, well, you know, I was raised Methodist. <laughs> My mother is very, I'm still a member of Lake Island Methodist Church, and that kind of does it. You say if I, and that's, I don't have any courage, really, you know. Right. But uh, when I take that, that true. path, of le- it's, it's all very true. I'm still, a, I'm still a member, and my mother is still very active there, and I grew up and was very active there. So none of it's a lie. But, um, but you know, that's the path of least resistance sometimes for me, and and, and that is not being courageous. But um, I get it. I get it. Yeah, pretty funny. So. Um, you want to take a break and yeah. come back for a devotion, maybe something about courage? Uh, that would be a really, really, really good plan. So let's take a break and maybe let's take a break. <laughs> if we can find some music, we could take a break. But we can't take a break should quite I, yet. Should I hum? You know, no, no. no. How about if you just go to a devotion? Oh, okay. I can read the devotion. Let's see. Here we go. Okay, this one is called Flying, the Flying Thing. The huge flying thing flew straight toward my face. I twisted quickly to the right and almost fell down in my effort to avoid a direct hit. As I twisted, I felt my muscles cinch and heard a small pop. When I straightened up, I realized my avoidance tactic had hurt my body. I stopped my walk to stretch out the pain and realized it would have been much better to have just let the huge flying thing hit me in the face. After it flew by me, I saw it was actually quite small. I thought of other times I had twisted quickly to avoid real or imagined danger. My efforts to avoid things I am scared of can be quite creative. I have a hunch God simply flows forward, never worrying about any huge flying thing, real or imagined. God understands the encounter will take care of itself in the natural flow of life. I imagine even if a direct direct hit happens, the result would be much less painful than what my avoidance techniques can produce. Yes. And I thought about that one with courage because of the fact that if I don't, go ahead and take the courage of the moment to stand up and let the bug hit me in the face, that actually it causes me more, many times more physical discomfort or emotional drama. Drama, exactly right, <laughs> and all the things that, 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 that I used to really enjoy a lot. But, uh, you know, it's like you can either 
take it now or extend it out uh, longer if I don't use that courage now. Right, and taking it now in the in being fully grounded in I am guarded, guided, and protected mm-hmm. by spirit. So how bad can it be? I mean, right. it can be really bad, but I'm still whole, perfect, and complete. I'm still going to be able to stand through this mm-hmm. and come out on the other side because I know that, you know, God's on my side. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so let me stand right here and just mm-hmm. just deal with it. Mm-hmm. Take the hit. Yeah. yeah. Deal with it. Right. I just, yeah, that's very powerful. Really, when you take the hit in real time, I think it's less impactful than... Because if I don't take it and I avoid it, then it's going to take a lot more courage, I think, later on to go back and face it then. Because then it's, you know, grown emotionally for me or, you know, it's become more than it well, was. Well, it's grown emotionally. It's it's grown stronger. Mm-hmm. Right. And its tentacles may have now touched four or five additional areas of your life. I love that. With relationships uh-huh. or... Uh, more debt or, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, all these other ways that it now shows up and you're not dealing with just the original issue or Mm -hmm. problem. Mm -hmm. You're dealing with the four or five things that have been built on top of it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's happened so many times in my life. (laughs) But it's true, isn't it? If we just stand in that courage in that moment. In that moment, like you said, in that moment we are protected, we are taken care of, we are given the strength and courage we need. And if we choose to avoid the experience, then it's like that moment passes and we have to kind of go back and summon that 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 um protection that was naturally available then. You know, it's gone on. I, I do think that there's a natural flow to things and if I um um try to circumvent that or try to, uh, you know, hold that back, that all I, that I'm doing is taking away the natural protection that was afforded to me in the moment. You know, I'm denying that, and then later on it's going to be more difficult to access that. And that just may have been too confusing to understand. But it made sense to me, and I really think it's true. <laughs> okay, let's take a break. No, okay, now we can take a break. natural state would be to be spiritual, our natural state would be to be healthy, our natural state would be to be, 
in line with um, oneness and goodness, or does does it take courage to um, to step up and, and and be healthy, to step up and do what I don't know in my mind seems like should be the natural thing? Wow, that's a great question because as you were asking it, and I was like breathing deeply so I could <laughs> take it in, and and you know I my natural my my natural response was no that's just who i am no that's just natural no that's just and then as i heard that response coming from me and you and you were still talking about it should be natural mm-hmm. it was like you know what at this stage of my life mm-hmm. i can't imagine um the majority of my choices mm-hmm. being other than, you know, the ones that are guided by spirit. I mean, that's still not every choice. Um, you mean that humanness is still there, and there are certain things that are triggers for me where I have to remind myself and do the spiritual practice and work through it. But in general, yeah, the the healthy choices, emotionally and physically healthy choices, are so natural for me now. Mm-hmm. It's like I'm I've returned to what truly is natural. I think for you know the way we're all created, mm-hmm. the spiritual truth of who we all are. Um, but if I flash back to teens and twenties, and you know, it's like oh no, this was a relearned response. Right. As a baby, it was probably natural for me to want what was good for me, to know that I'm, you know, there's a, there's no separation between, you know, me and creation, to just know to exist in that space. But we are socialized in so many concrete ways by the media, by schools, by adults, by, you know, just things that we experience every day that there is a separation and some of those choices that we learn are not in our best interest, are not healthy for mm-hmm. us. You know, a two-year-old knows to ask for Happy Meals and knows who Ronald McDonald is. Even if they can't say it, they're pointing, mm-hmm. or they, you know. And so that's advertising, and that's also what our parents feed us, you know. So, Yeah. So to be healthier, to be spiritually fit or emotionally fit, in many ways it does take courage. And it does take, and here's another thing, a friend of mine and I actually are having a little debate about this in real time, uh, the idea of effort. And does something take effort? And my belief on that is uh, that uh, life takes action, that that my daily practice is one of action, that I have to physically get up and physically meditate and physically um, do my journaling and do all of the things to keep my daily practice going. So that's action, but I don't think that it should take effort necessarily. I think the effort is a choice, and it's my attitude towards the action that makes it effortful or effortless. And I think if um, if it's taking effort, then many times it takes courage to put forth that effort. Or discipline. Or discipline. Discipline. Discipline is an excellent word. And um, the more disciplined my life has been, the easier my life has been, interestingly enough. But I think initially I fight that discipline, and and it takes effort or maybe courage to fight through that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm agreeing with you. I know that doesn't That's happen. I was going to say, I don't know Often. what to say now. You agreed with me. You don't have to but, convince me. Uh, uh-huh, you don't uh-huh. have to beat me over the head with it. I, I'll agree with you. So it's a state of attitude, whether it's effortful or effortless. I like, I really more than agree with you on some of it. Like, I really like juxtaposing effort and action. Mm-hmm. So if it's, I'm choosing to take action, and this is the way my action shows up. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's effortless. It's effortless in the sense of, in the way that we think of effort as, you know, pushing forward and doing something that is hard, hard. work. Mm-hmm. Um, and but if I'm choosing to do it, even though it might be hard work, I think about this in in my business. Mm-hmm. It might be. What looks like hard work, many, many hours to design and plan a program or or to practice a speech, 
and to be ready to do it. And to someone who doesn't like professional speaking or public speaking or doesn't like to do presentations or training, it probably to them looks like I'm putting in a lot, putting forth a lot of effort to do this mm-hmm. for people who don't even want to hear what I have to say <laughs> sometimes. Sometimes, right. But for me, it's these are the actions that I take to be prepared to make an impact and provide information to people about something that I'm very passionate about. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't feel like effort. It mm-hmm. just feels like I'm taking action. And you are kind of aligned your professional world with who you are, you know, what you have passion for. You you have figured out a way to do professionally. Mm-hmm. So I do think that that makes it, um, you know, m- less effortful. People that that have a a professional life that follows in alignment with who they are. Mm-hmm. And and then that made me think immediately of yeah, but there are places where even though I'm doing what I love, where it is effort. For example. I've made a commitment that I'm going to make X number of calls, marketing cold calls, mm-hmm. every day mm-hmm. for the next 30 business in a weekday. Mm-hmm. And that feels like effort, not action. <laughs> you know, it's like I have to mm-hmm. talk myself into it. I have to take the courage for reject to deal with rejection for people who I don't even from people I don't even really know if I want to work with yet. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's like I know I need to do this, but I don't really want to do it. And I know that if I do it, it will give me an outcome that I do want. Mm-hmm. But it is effort. So if I make that connection mm-hmm. to people and to, you know, people, human beings and spiritual practice, mm-hmm. you know, probably even when you want to do something, when mm-hmm. you want to improve your ability and comfort with meditation. It may not feel like action at first. It may feel like effort mm-hmm. because it's it's not something that you already like to do or that even though you know it's going to give you an outcome. Mm-hmm. So I don't think they're mutually exclusive. That's interesting. So sometimes it does take effort to get to the point where it's just action. It becomes effort first. And is effort mean you are courageous? If you take if you make the effort, are you being courageous? Or are they too necessarily? Not necessarily. I don't know. Courageous, courageous. I think of the lion. When that's the lion Wizard of, Wizard of Oz. Yeah. And you know, I think courage is something that we throw out there as being this monumental thing. But I think every day there there's a lot of courage that goes into you know, doing the right thing over and over again and kind of stepping up and taking the action, I do think perhaps that can be a synonym with effort and courage to do the right thing. Courage, that's the serenity prayer, courage to change the things I can, which is me, right? Mm-hmm. So courage. Yeah, it takes courage not to cuss this person out. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I guess it takes discipline. To to not do that and to really look in the mirror instead mm-hmm. and say, okay, so they're doing things that I don't like and I wish they would do it another way, but I can't change them, and so I'm going to just let them be who they are or, or I'm going to mm-hmm. create some clear boundaries about what is and what isn't acceptable to me, um, and I'm going to look in the mirror and see what I can do to manage my irritation. Mm-hmm. Um, when it'd be much more emotionally fulfilling to create a little drama here and get in this person's face, and yeah, and that's it. I just thought about that—the serenity prayer, which I love. You know, it starts off with the God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change and the courage to change the things I can. And I, I hadn't really thought of that in terms of courage. They have that word in there that's got to be significant. Courage to change the things I can, and the thing I can change is myself, as you said. And that it takes courage to look at myself, to look at my motives, to look at my intentions. It's much easier just to say, oh, that son of a bitch, it's all their fault. You know, the marriage was ruined because of him. You know, my boss destroyed my life. You know, and and that, using that word courage in the serenity prayer, I think then... You know, I'm always looking for the external to affirm my internal thought. 
but then you know that must be right then it takes courage just to do the thing that um really is is the natural way to get through things which is to look at myself because looking at others and trying to change others is never going to get me anywhere and it's our spiritual practices our spiritual beliefs that really help us help us to to step into using the courage recognizing the courage that and and, and choosing what we can do mm-hmm. about it to um achieve our goal or to shift whatever is going on in our lives so in that sense our spiritual beliefs our spiritual practices are what ground us mm-hmm. and give us the courage to to change what we can change which is ourselves um and that idea of the courage, maybe it's the courage that transitions the the effort to action. Once we have enough courage and we do it again and again and again, then it's like, then it doesn't take courage after a while. Then it just becomes routine. It just becomes our way of life. Mm-hmm. So what spiritual practices do you use that give you courage or that sustain your courage or that feed your courage to step forward in faith in your life? You know, meditation is the biggest one. I have to always come back to that as the basis of all of the rest of them. And, um, you know, constantly looking at my um, motives is, is another, I don't know if that's a spiritual practice or a mental health practice, but um, I have a, a wonderful story of how I learned about my intentions, my true motives. Uh, I have a little dog at the end of the street at my house that I feed because I decided he wasn't being fed enough by his owners because he was kind of an aggressive dog. And I determined one day when I gave him a little bit of food that he was just starved. And so I put a little plate behind the backyard where they wouldn't really notice necessarily and started feeding him. And every morning he would just come and just enjoy his food and love his food and jump on the fence and let me love him. And it was such an affirming exchange and I really believed that I was, you know, saving his life, feeding him. And um, then one day after a couple of months, he just didn't come. He just sat over there and he didn't come over. And I gave him the food and he just looked at me and wagged his tail. And it was like he wasn't hungry. Obviously, his other family had given him food that morning. He didn't need my food. And I was mad. I was <laughs> mad because really what I was after was that greeting he was giving me and that um, gratitude that he was showing me, it was feeding me. I wasn't just glad that he was getting nutrients and staying alive. It had turned, you know, my motive had become getting something from that dog. I mean, that was really, that was like a year and a half ago, and I can still remember that walking back to my car being so angry and thinking, why am I so angry? What's mm. that about? <laughs> and having to understand, you know, track back my intention. And so I think, you know, for me, a practice of always looking at, you know, am I really giving in a spiritual way, you know, expecting nothing in return, or am I giving saying, okay, now I gave you 12 cents, I need 14 cents back. Isn't that how it works? supposed to be, you know, 10 times over, you know, <laughs> float over. That was in the Bible. If I give, it's going to give back to me. Where's mine? Where's mine? You know. Mm-hmm. So um, so that's, a, that's a, I don't know what it gives as a spiritual practice, but it's definitely a practice that I try to always keep a running um, sense in my mind of what my intention is um, in, in in my actions throughout the day. It's a spiritual practice to me to be conscious. Yes. And I think that's part of it, to be really conscious of um, what's happening around me and what I'm doing, what I'm participating in one way or the other. And uh, it's it's. I went through a long stage of life where I really kind of bitter that I had to be conscious. I wanted to be asleep again. You know, it was oh, like yeah. when you start it to awake. Yeah, right. So I think the daily practice... Um, you know, when you're first starting out that, many times it uh, it can become harder. Uh, 12-step programs talk about a pink cloud idea. That when you first start working the pro- steps, you get kind of a pink cloud, you get kind of a high. Things start kind of magically happening and, you know, lights turn green metaphorically in your life. And you're like, oh, man, this is great. And then at six to nine months into it, you hit that wall. And really that's when the practice becomes... Um, important because you have to go through that wall 
Right. And it takes courage to do that. Awesome, yes. Yeah. That's exactly what it takes. Lots of courage. It's like, wait a minute, I thought this was gonna, just going to be easy. Mm-hmm. What do you mean now I have to, like, you know, work mm-hmm. through it? I think that some of the other things that I do are, you know, if I'm struggling with something, I'll, I'll tend to, especially now, I'll, I'll tend to read. I'll, you know, go mm-hmm. look for, you know, some book or some writing that has some deep spiritual grounding that will help give me guidance. And so that could be the Bible or that could be the Science of Mind textbook or it could be, you know, just a book that mm-hmm. I, I'm i familiar with that I know is going to, you know, kind of feed me and remind me that I can get through whatever this is, you know. Um, and and depending on what is driving the, the fear or the need to be courageous and strong, that will also drive me to certain kinds of books. Um, and I collect quotations. And oh, so, I didn't know that. Um, you know, I probably have 10 or 12 different word documents that are quotations about leadership or quotations about faith or quotations mm. about, um, you know, quotations that I might use on a treasure map so, or, or, you know, so quotations about values, mm-hmm. and so sometimes you know, as a spiritual practice, if if I'm feeling I need courage, you know, I can I collect those all the time. But I might specifically spend an hour on the internet looking for new quotes. You know that maybe I'm not looking up the word courage, mm-hmm. or maybe I am. But you know, looking for whatever's going to help give me the courage to go to the next level. And and um, and depending on what it is, if it's an emergency situation where you need to have courage right then, I mean, I don't think I do. Th- I of course pray or meditate, but if it's something bigger, a bigger life issue, and I need to face it, you know, and feel like I need more courage, I might even take a class. You know, there's so many different classes either on the internet or around the city, wherever you live where, you know, you could do a two-hour class in something that will then help give you the courage uh, from a spiritual perspective uh, to move on. I drive by church on my way to the post office or on my way home from the post office a lot, several times a week, and they have a huge ministry around grief recovery, you know, for people who are are looking for the courage to keep living another day when someone close to them has died, their spouse or their child was killed or murdered, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, yeah, take a class mm-hmm. or, you know, not just join a, a for group therapy from a therapy point of view, which I think is a good thing, but we're talking about this from a spiritual point of view. You know, take a class with people in a spiritual setting around how you maintain Spirituality in this time of chaos. Isn't that fun? I never thought about class as a spiritual practice, but I think that is a powerful thing that I've used to help me. So, yeah. Good job, Tracy. And then we're thinking about next week. Now, suddenly, as we look up and see the time is ending for this week. We don't have a theme for next week. We have to decide the themes for the next four weeks at the end of today's show. So maybe worship. No, I'm kidding. But, yeah. So we'll think of that and put it on the website. We can look at uh, next Tuesday, this coming Tuesday at 10.30 meditation on this same website. You can join for a live meditation or go back and look at the archive. And then uh, always look at the uh, godinmyday.com website for daily dose of spiritual uh, spiritual practice. It's a nice way to kind of be reminded to look for God in your day. Thanks for joining us, and we will see you next Monday. Happy Monday.
I don't mean to be so uptight, but my heart's been hurt a couple times by a couple guys that didn't treat me right. I ain't gonna lie, I ain't gonna lie. Alexa, play meant to be. Okay. If it's meant to be, it'll be, it'll be. Baby, just let it be. If it's meant to be, with Amazon Music, a voice is all you need. Get access to over 50 million songs. Download the Amazon Music app today.